Welcome back to the Devoted Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Shaner, and I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Ben Heffern. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing well. Good evening. Good, good. Well, we are going to be talking about a subject that kind of has been on our minds, and we've been praying about it together, and we've discussed it and talked over this subject, and we're excited to share it with you, the thought on um, meditation. And so, you know, we're going to we're going to tell share a little bit about the background of this meditation, um, the worldview, and then we're going to share what God's word has to say about it. Are you ready? Excited. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, you may be sitting here thinking maybe you've even kind of contemplated meditation a little bit yourself as as a listener, Um, you know, in this day and age, you know, especially here in the last few years. Uh, the word meditation and even the practice of it has become uh, even more popular than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, people are just trying to get away from mm-hmm. the the chaos, and you know, and and so what what do you do? You find a place that's quiet, and you try to restart. Right? Mm-hmm. You want, whenever your computer starts lagging behind or something like that, you usually hit the off button, let it cool off, and turn it back on. You know, even kids are being introduced to this idea of meditation in terms of like a popular film, Kung Fu Panda, mm. has had multiple different uh, editions of that and the yin, the yang, and they're uh, constantly pushing meditation aspects through that movie, even to kids. So it's being introduced into our culture in, in a big way. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the world, the word, uh, the, the world says that meditation you know, what they want you to do is they want you, they say you have to clear your mind, clear your soul, clear your heart, and find yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, over and over, you, you we see it, and you probably watch some movies where it says, lose yourself, mm-hmm. find yourself, mm-hmm. follow your heart. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then usually there's some, and that all comes from the Eastern religious meditation. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting how... That has just interwoven into our society in a way as being uh, good. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, looking in, you're like, oh, that may, that does look good. You know, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm hitting a restart. I feel good when I do it. Well, let me give you a few facts here about this before we dive in. I'm just going to give you a wide spectrum. We're not going to dive in super deep um, on this subject. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours. But let me give you... A, a quick overview of this. So you can say, you may ask, how can nothingness be bad? Well, in the Eastern meditation, right, which was uh, founded around in the in the Eastern side of the of the world, around 1500 BC. And so the Eastern religion was founded on meditation, meditative states, and they would find high mountains and and they would try to build their own temples, right, to pray to their gods and to find a nirvana, to find an encounter, to lose themselves, to find themselves, to get away. And so what they would do is that they would, they would, they, they created this practice of meditation, deep meditation, to connect with the spirits, to connect and have conversations with ancestors that have gone on before or to look into the future. Right. And so Eastern meditation and it's creeped over into the church and the Christians. Mm. Christianity uses the same thing as Christian meditation. Mm. And as a Christian, you may look at that and go, oh, OK, they're using Christian. They're using God. They're using uh, maybe some 
throwing in some verses, maybe some Christian mantras, a Christian riddle. And, but actually, if you think about it and you actually do your research, they're using the exact same replica outline as the Eastern meditation religions. Hmm. There is the same exact formula that, that, that is used uh, by Christian leaders, churches, um, to push meditation upon Christians as well. And so, you know, um, again, it looks very harmless, but let me dive in a little bit deeper. So what happens when your mind is empty, right? So as you're listening, right, your brain right now is processing at a high frequency called a beta wave. Okay, so it's a high wave frequency. And right now, as you're listening to to us speak and to these podcasts, your mind is is it's grabbing all this information that we're that we're that we're giving you and it's processing things that it wants to keep and it's letting go and filtering out the things that it doesn't need. That's not important. And it's even pulling in some memories, trying to help you focus. Maybe you're thinking of some verses or maybe you're thinking of a time that you uh, were thinking about meditation or um something like that. And so your mind is processing, right? It's on high alert. It's picking up things. It's like, is this guy real or not? Um, so that is, as you start off on your meditated journey, right? The next step into that is your alpha waves. So with that, your mind, it becomes slower. You're slowing down your mind. You're slowing down your, your breathing. Everything is being slowed down. And so in that process of slowing down, you actually pretty much shut down your alertness and it, it becomes your thought process becomes slower and your those uh, highway frequencies become medium wave frequencies. They've slowed down. And whenever you get to the point of really getting in depth in, in, in this process here, you will catch your brain will only process three to four out of 10 words said. So to me, that's not alert. To me, that is not, I'm not, my cognitive ability is starting to lose. I'm starting to lose it because my brain is not grasping what I'm saying now. And they use mantras. They use uh, in the uh, the Hindu and Buddhist religions, they call them mantras. Um, in Japan and, and some places in China, they call them riddles. Hmm. And so they give you these, these thoughts to think about, these words to speak. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, you end up saying these mantras and you won't understand what you're saying. And it can be a way of praying to spirits, evil spirits and to their gods. And so as you're praying to their gods, now your alertness is, 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 is leaving. Hmm. Then we have what we call sleep wave. And I forgot what the technical word is. I, I want to say it's as tet, tetna, something like that. Tetna. And so, um, but what it is, is that it, it, you go in deeper into this sleep mode, which, so then what that means is that we're we're pretty much getting into a hypnosis phase. Hmm. So now you've been, you've been in this, this phase and you, you're, you're deep sleep, right? So the amygdala is calmed down in such a sedative form, which is also in parallel with hypnosis. When you hypnotize somebody, you are slowing down their brain function and trying to get their amygdala to calm, to shut down, which is their alertness, to shut down in a way from their surroundings, isolate them, and put them in a seductive state where they don't realize where they're at or what they're doing. Hmm. So 
that's what meditation, this is the point that they want to get you to is where you're, you're, you're calmed down, you're in a seductive state. And because of that, your dopamine your, is becoming, uh, is coming into your body at a high output. Now, dopamine is a, an addictive drug, a natural drug that your body produces to make you feel happy, hmm. make you feel good. And so uh, it's, it's like your pleasure, right? right? And so whenever you, you eat a piece of chocolate, your dopamine kicks in and you're like, oh, I like it. Or on a hot day, you, you get a glass of, of ice cold lemonade or sweet tea or a scoop of ice cream. You're just like, oh, that feels good. I'm happy. I'm good. You know, I feel good. So that's what happens here is that because the dopamine is put in your body at a high output, because you're so calm and you're in a seductive state, you're, you can meditate for hours without realizing where you're at in time because you lose the sense of time and space. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're starving the frontal lobe of your brain, which is your alertness, which, which helps you with your surroundings, puts you in that 3d state of mind. Like we are now, if you, if you're looking around at everything, you can, you're in a 3d world, you can grasp things, you can see things. And so whenever that is starved and shut down, your uh, partial lobe is then kicked in, which doesn't give you any time or space. I mean, it pretty much just basically shuts you down in seductive sleep stage. And so now, and it's even been said that, that you become so addicted to meditation that there's been some people that have meditated for 13, 16, 24 hours at a time, hmm. not realizing that they're still in the same spot. And because it's slowed down to that degree, that is where you get hallucinations, visualizations, or fantasy. The word meditation in the Latin is meditatum, which means to loosely translated means to ponder, to encounter, or to lose self-sense. And so whenever you are trying to, whenever you empty your mind, and you and you start trying to fill your mind with the 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 mantras and trying to find yourself, listen to your heart. Um, what you're doing, and 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 people have said I've had visualizations of God in Christianity hmm. when they listen to these Christian meditations. Yes. They're saying that hey, I had a God encounter. You know, in Buddhism and in um, and in Hindu religions, they say it's reached nirvana. You've reached that high point where these other leaders are. Well, in Christian cultures now that, that are starting to accept this meditation, the Eastern religion into their churches and into their, their, their lives is they're saying that I have had a God encounter. Well, usually it happens. You meditate whenever your life gets pretty hectic. And a lot of people have meditated, and I've I've done some some research and some look into this, and they've done some research into how that because of the trauma, they go in and they they seek help. Well, those help tell them to meditate, and whenever they meditate, as Christians, they they look out for Christian meditation. They find the Christian meditation, and that leads them through that, and they get into that deep sleep wave hypnosis like sense. Mm. And they hallucinate and fantasize seeing God in these visions. And they get out and they say that I've had a vision of God. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's not true. (laughs) And so God told me that this was going to happen. And you've seen those over and over and over throughout time where these, these preachers and teachers and other Christians have said, God's gave me a vision. This is going to happen. And it's never happened. Mm -hmm. Years have gone, years have come and years have gone. Nothing's happened. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they had visions, they had things, and some of them were under the influence of other, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, other things but it's interesting just to see that and it came into the west the mid 20th century mm-hmm. around 1700 bc mm-hmm. or excuse me 1700 ad mm-hmm. so what the so and it came in whenever i a uh, uh, they call him like a yogi or a swai or something like that and a leader in the meditative temples would come in and he came in and he went to the religious, the Chicago religious council or something like that here in the United States back in the 1700s and introduced meditation as a way of presenting a religion in the country Mm -hmm. while they came to accept it as theirs. And so over time, it's just been growing and growing and growing. And here recently, it's just kind of bloomed even further. Um, and it's been noticed more, I guess, as the world gets more hectic. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's just the main basic outline of hypnosis or of uh, meditation um, using also, uh, have you heard of binaural beats, music? Not until you talk to me about it. So <laughs> binaural what? <laughs> so binaural is a musical, is, is musical. And so what it is, is music that manipulates the brain. So a a doctor uh, did a study on it where he took um, a patient of his and he played music and he he used 444 hertz in the right ear and 442 hertz in the left. Just by two hertz difference in in the, the study of that song or of that music. And so it was playing and playing. And so what happens is that your brain, it, it looks like a size, it looked like a seismograph. Um, whenever an earthquake hits, you got those little, those little pins and one's moving faster than the other. And they're trying to measure your brain's doing the exact same thing. I mean, it's, it's trying to figure out what, what, where it's at, what it's doing. It, it's something new. Hmm. And so what that does is that it helps it, 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 <laughs> it says it helps, but it's supposed to take your brain and alertness and and basically hit restart hmm. and so whenever your brain gets confused and restarts like hmm. that that is whenever they play those those certain notes to one binaural music beats are, are used to help sleep hmm. it triggers the, the part of the brain that sleeps that helps hmm. you sleep hmm. um if you're depressed it helps your body to produce an antidepressant hmm. you know a dopamine wow. um it's used to and it's widely used in meditation there's different notes that they use to make you feel in a meditative state, to feel happy, to feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're even used for focus. I've heard of people using them for study, to study their, in their classes or, or whatever they're studying. And it helps to, supposed to help your mind to focus, mm-hmm. but it's used to, what is, what is, whenever I think about it, I think of control. When it's used in a negative sense, it's used to control one's mind. Hmm. So this is uh, literally slowing 
the brain waves down from your mind and it's physically impacting you mm -hmm. and bringing you into that state of consciousness, whether to whatever your purpose is for you're using it. So, right. Wow. Very fascinating. So we've kind of shotgunned the idea of meditation from the world view. Pastor, where do we go from here on biblical platform? Yeah. Biblical wow. worldview. You certainly have done a lot of research on this, and it's very fascinating. And uh, it is interesting to me because we have, there's been an exodus from churches in our culture here in America for some time. And there was a certain movement that really sprang up, and, and that was a, uh, a very surface level type Christianity. It was a uh, Bill Hybels, you know, just uh, seeker sensitive entertain a lot of fluff, but, you know, a mile wide and inch deep type thing. And people have come to that place where they, even the leaders of those churches, it didn't last. The movement itself didn't last long in terms of without recognizing its deficiencies. And uh, what we've seen in America is a trending. Uh, another group is arising. It's called the emerging church and the emerging church uh, focuses more on meditation and they're, they have elevated, and this is one of the key characteristics, they've elevated experience. And uh, that, that's, it's not just the emerging church that falls into that trap. And, and really we can fall into that trap through a lot of different ways. It's not just meditation, but um, near Eastern meditation practices are being used in the name of God and of Jesus Christ. And that these are ways to interact with with god and, and that's not what we find in the bible at all uh, biblical meditation is not in any way emptying your mind there's some really key passages that uh come to our minds when we think about this is maybe the one of the first ones is joshua 1 8 when he says in this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night and so you have a subject matter that is the law of god that is your meditation. And it's not removing your mind from emptiness. It's actually filling your mind. And uh, people do recognize that our minds are filled and cluttered and, and we don't have peace and we've got all kinds of anxiety. And so a lot of times meditation becomes a, it's just the wrong solution to the to a real problem. And uh, what we have to do is change what we're focusing upon and, and what we are filling our minds with. Um, and so, you know, another passage is Psalm 1-2 that talks about a man who doesn't listen to all the counsel and the advice of the ungodly, not filling your life with all that is wrong and in through your fellowship, through, through your who you're listening to, who you're hanging around. But he says, but his the law is, is um, but he delights in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so, again, we have... Uh, this aspect of it's God's word that is meditation. And that's what God focuses to. And uh, that's used um, at least six or seven times in Psalm 119. I will meditate on thy precepts. It's a commitment uh, that we have to make towards. So if we should have Christian meditation. It's encouraged. In fact, the only time that it's, uh, it's commanded in, in the New Testament is in Timothy, where he says in chapter 4 there, meditate upon these things. You say, what are those things? And he says in the verse before it, a couple of verses, he wants them to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And so 
the the content is very clearly laid out. And as we look through it, if I just give you some of the aspects of what meditation are, he tells us, he says, the law of the Lord, or he says, I will, thy righteousness, thy praise, wisdom, thy, um, thy work, truth, or uh, I like Psalm 63, 6, where it says, I will remember thee upon my bed. I will meditate on thee in the night watches. And so what we need is we need to meditate on God. <laughs> God has is not found in the emptiness and, and in, in terms of having an experience with him through emptying my mind of any content so that I now can be controlled by God. That's not um, that's not how we come to God's not looking for blindless robots. He wants someone who is going to work with him, who is who is engaging. So we can be filled with the Spirit, yes, controlled by God Himself. But that experience is is not in uh, is not this aspect of inner peace by which I have nothing else going on in my mind. It's where peace comes when my mind is filled with God and and who He is and His character. And so, how do I know who that is? I, I only know it through God's Word. And so ultimately, what we need to do is to take God's word about who God is as it reveals himself. And we've talked about this last time, uh, that uh, the key to knowing God is knowing the Bible. And the key to knowing the Bible is knowing God. And so everything in the Bible points us to God. So any place in every passage that we pick up and we begin to read about God's word, we're going to be understanding something about him and what is true, what is real. And it's it's our our job to think God's thoughts after him. What does God say? And I am going to put this into my mind. And so meditation is not something that's easy. Like I just get empty everything. It is discipline. It takes focus and a lot of hard work and diligence to get God's word into my mind. So I don't forget those things that God has given to me. And so he says, I will meditate upon thy precepts. And he follows that up with in Psalm 119 verse uh, 16, I will not forget thy word. And so we've got to go over God's word. Um, and so I think there's some aspects in which we, we as Christians, you know, there's different ways that, you know, most people would say they're not good at meditation. I would, when you say that, or, mm -hmm. you know, when they think about meditation, if you're going to have, if you're going to meditate on something, it has to be already in your mind going over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And that just requires that we know God's word. And so when the, the word that's kind of kin to meditation is memorizing, because mm. you have to have something in your mind um, while you're, um, and so the people, they run away from those things. They, the, it's the diligence and the work. But there are some things that you can do uh, to help you in terms of be able to meditate on one passage of scripture and just praying and asking God to show you his truth and reveal himself through his words and to direct you and to guide you uh, through his words. Um, and so some of the things that you can do is you might read through one passage more than one time, like make one chapter or one book, something that you um, maybe you could read a book of the Bible for a month, or maybe take one chapter and read it every day of the week and just, uh, just allow yourself to be immersed in the words that you're hearing. Or, or maybe as you're reading along, just choose one one verse 
uh, in which maybe the very verse that God, you know, it God just highlights it in your mind as you're going through it and say, I'm going to try to memorize it, write it down on a piece of paper and stick it in your pocket. And uh, we use that in our, our program here at the church. We call it da- the daily med that you can just take along with you. And when you need that scripture, you pull it out. When you get a chance, read it again. And uh, it gives you an opportunity to just get those get those words going through your mind over and over. Because the Bible says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds have to be engaged. And the mind is where the battlefield is. Satan is attacking the mind. He wants us to be to be doubting. He wants us to be deceived. And uh, so we've got to turn to God's word. Um, one of the things that you can do, in, if you're in a meditation, I like to take a passage of scripture and just pray through the passage. You know, take one verse mm. and then just, and, and, you know, just talk to God about it. You, know, you may, you may only be able to go through one verse like that, but you can, you know, if he, if he tells you that, you know, says, I will not forget thy word. You say, God, this is exactly what I want. I don't want to forget. And you can just talk to him about it and as, ask him to help you. And, and if you just kind of go over in your mind, even through that whole process of talking to the Lord about it, before you know it, you probably have it memorized in your mind. That thought is sticking there because memorization can take place through high concentration or it can take place through repetition. And uh, both of those are helpful. But when you really put your mind to it and you really want to focus on something, it gets burned into your mind. Uh, and uh, so we all memorize and we all meditate. Um, there's an aspect to which worry is a form of meditation. If we're filled with anxiety, we're filled with problems you know that's another aspect by which we're constantly i'm looking at that problem from this angle and from that angle and i'm thinking of this possibility and how this could go wrong and what what if this takes place and what if i don't get that job and you know just it's over and over again uh this aspect of you're meditating and so m- many of us are very skilled meditators actually we're just meditating on the wrong things <laughs> what god wants from us um i have a few other things we could talk about there but if you have some aspect there if you have a verse on your mind that you were thinking of um, no i was just thinking whenever as a kid you know you, and even as an adult sometimes you can get um, if you're in a new place you're staying you're staying somewhere new mm-hmm. and you're not and you're unsure your mind plays tricks on you mm-hmm. and those moments of being afraid yep. um and not just that but i mean just whenever you get anxiety and depression mm-hmm. you know a good verse is the I think about is Psalm 63, 6. Mm-hmm. It says, when I remember thee upon my bed yep. and meditate on thee in the night watches. Yeah, that's good. And so in those times of depression, in those times of anxiety, and in those times of fear, you know, that is whenever it's time to bring up mm-hmm. Christ. Yes. It's time to bring out those daily meds mm-hmm. that, you, that you have and, mm-hmm. and read them and, and find comfort in God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, I go back to the Latin word of, uh, meditatum mm-hmm. means to ponder when you're pondering something you're mm-hmm. thinking about it mm-hmm. there's no emptiness there is no trying to find yourself it's all about finding god mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. and so whenever you're searching for god you're searching out scripture therefore you're filtering your thoughts through his word and it calms you down mm-hmm. and it brings life uh to you um, to your flesh, uh, that's what uh, Proverbs 420, uh, 422 says, or 420, let's start in verse 20, says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, 
Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them mm-hmm. and health to their flesh. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you, it is clinically proven and scientifically proven when you read and study God's word and it gets in you mm-hmm. that you are, that, that Christians are, are happier. Mm-hmm. The believe, you know, a, a, a true believer is going to be, it's healthier mm-hmm. in a way because you're, you know, whenever depression hits, you're mm-hmm. sinking down physically and just getting eaten up. And so, um, but that's just kind of a thought I had hmm. just listening, yeah. uh, just filtering. That's good. It's good. God's word. One of the things my wife likes to do is she'll print out verses of scripture and she'll actually laminate them and, or you don't have to, but she posts them all kinds of places though. We've got them in our, our mirror and in terms of just any place where she works and is at, or, you know, we just have in one of them in our car. So there's lots of ways that you could just, Keep the word of God in front of you. The Bible talks about to the to the um, the Jews. He said they shall be frontlets before your eyes, and uh, you know that you'll write them on your doors. You know every every entryway, and even Christians do that a lot of times on verses in their houses and on plaques and things, just to keep God's word in front of you. And uh, so, wherever you spend time or whatever, you may listen to something, or maybe put on your screensaver, whatever you need to, just keep God's word in front of you. And maybe one of the biggest things you can do is teach someone else what you're learning. Mm. And when you teach it, it, you just, you learn so much in that process. And uh, God will use the the meditation on your word. He'll transform you through that and renew your mind. Mm. Well, that is very impactful. Just some thoughts there. And, you know, just in the last few seconds here, God's word, the Bible was so important that even the founding fathers of this country thought and knew that apart from God, we would fail as a country. Hmm. They even built the Constitution, our rights and amendments on God's word itself. Hmm. Think about that and meditate on that. Our country was built on Christ. Well, thank you for listening, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you.